This is Product by Design, a podcast by Prodigy, where we explore technology, artificial intelligence, user experience, product management, and the philosophy of building products and companies. All right, welcome to another episode of Product by Design. I am Kyle, and this week we have another awesome guest with us, Felix Lundquist. Uh, Felix, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's so fun to be here. And perfect pronunciation there, by the way. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm excited to to have you and ex- excited to talk about a number of things. But let me do a really brief intro and then you can tell us a little bit more about yourself. Felix is an art director from Sweden, uh, currently working in San Francisco. So obviously a, a lot more to that. But why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? I... Uh come from a background in skiing we were always and as people who have dabbled or skied uh, quite a bit in order to get sponsors you have to film your content and create like reels and send it to sponsors uh and most of these sponsors don't even pay anyone any money but it's more like you can get some free gear so i started doing that quite a bit ever since i was a young kid we went to the ski parks and we did some tricks and we edited them and sent them in and then um, I, uh, I've always had a very, very huge interest in, in um, psychology. So I started right after high school. I started studying at uh, a university in Sweden. I started studying psychology. Absolutely love the sociology aspect of it, where like how people think, what drives humans, what, what makes... Uh, us attracted to certain products, what makes us uh, like empathize with uh, with different brands or people and why, and uh, dropped out after a year there because I felt like it was too much of a clinical approach. And then I I learned from a friend that there was a possibility to combine the the creative output of of. Uh, really appreciating like video format and uh, and uh, which i which i took from skiing of filming and and uh, the 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 creative visual aspect with psychology uh and which is basically uh approaching it in in the the marketing industry and the advertising industry so i started studying art direction at berg school of communication in sweden and then i transferred to the uh, the Academy of Art in San Francisco, where I am, yeah, and then I started studying at Academy of Art, um, and I got really, really hooked on uh, uh, art direction and uh, and kind of like how to establish a brand tone of voice in a visual way. And with my background in film and, and, and also taking a bunch of film class on the side, this is something that really kind of uh, propelled me in the, in the direction of, of pursuing a career as an art director. And then I started as an intern at Apple um, for, uh, for about six months mid pandemic. Uh, so it was, it was uh, really really thrown into the deep end with with trying to figure out along with all the coworkers how we were going to work around the the reality of being remote uh, and that was 
such a weird experience. And then I jumped to Cutwater, pitched a ton of clients, worked on a lot of global brands, uh, and then Havas, and then uh, Critical Mass, and then a few others in between. So it was some freelancing, quite a bit of full time, was so hungry to learn and so hungry to to meet a lot of people in the industry and, and work on the, the best campaigns that I could possibly be an asset to. So yeah, no, I, I, I think uh, with the pandemic too, uh, I managed to, to have, uh, be, be very, very hungry for opportunities, which kind of also made me, uh, gave me a lot of possibilities. Um, because yeah, a lot of companies were, were, we're looking for for new ways in, but uh, didn't really know how to approach it either. Um, so it was yeah. So that's kind of the the rundown of of where I've been. I'm now an art director at Critical Mass, working on the second largest uh, media spender in the world. Uh, Critic or. Uh, for AT&T as a client, AT&T spends around $400 million a year on advertising. Um, so it's a lot of money, uh, but it's, uh, uh, so it's just like a lot of very, very fast paced, a lot of, uh, work coming in. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Oh, I'm excited to, to jump into a couple of those areas that you touched on. Um, yeah. but before we do, you mentioned skiing being a big part of uh, what you did and potentially what you do. Do you still do a lot of skiing? And, and if so, where? I do. I um, It's more now... Uh, I, I, I was aspiring to, to be a competitive professional skier for a while, which, which led me to live in Switzerland and Canada and travel to Japan and, and do a lot of traveling for skiing. Uh, and then I kind of figured that competing and skiing requires such a huge commitment and a, a sacrifice in, in lifestyle in a lot of ways. Uh, and during the summertime, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty odd industry, but then, uh, now it's more of a way for me to detach from the, uh, from the like creative aspects by engaging in something physically and, and uh, and kind of replenishing those creative fluids, you know. Uh, so I, I ski. Uh, I went to Mount Shasta three weeks ago and skied down Mount Shasta. And then it's more of like an excursion in nature where you hike up something or tour something. And then you ski down and you hang out with your best friends. Uh, you push each other physically to, to levels um, that you're not used to in the regular work week, which is so fun. Uh, so that's kind of where, where I'm skiing at most now. And then Tahoe, obviously too, which is uh, Lake Tahoe is three hours away from San Francisco, which is where I live. Uh, and it's, uh, got very, very famous ski resorts that are very, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. You mentioning skiing. I mean, we're, we're recording this, uh, in, in the summertime. And so, you know, being able to ski just a few weeks ago, I, I know that uh, we had a number of resorts here in Utah that were open uh, just up until, you know, well into what we'd consider the summer norm, summer normally, which which has been 
the ski season has been superb this year. In- is insane. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, I, I think like Mammoth had like 500 inches of snow or something during the season. So there's still snow there. Yep. Uh, and it's kind of crazy because I was just also this weekend in Mount Lassen or in, in, in Lassen National Park, which is four hours north of here. And there's still snow on the 8,000 feet peaks, which is insane to see how much snow there actually is still in, in July, you know? Yeah, we were we were actually just up in Jackson Hole uh, Ski Resort and went to the top oh, really? of of the mountain there, um, more to like do some hiking around and see and everything. But there was still uh, enough snow that you couldn't do a lot of summertime hiking yeah. because it there was there had just been so much, so crazy. But in a really really good way. I I hope yeah. that every snow season and ski season continues to be like that. <sighs> Me too. Me too. Awesome. Well, I want to dive in a little bit more to a number of the things that you said uh, in kind of your journey and some of the things that you're working on. Uh, you mentioned, you know, now you're you're working really in as an art director, doing a lot of these creative things and and marketing and advertising. I'm interested in uh, a little bit more about that. Can you tell us a little bit more about? Uh, you know, some of the things that you, you work on as an art director and some of the things that uh, you're kind of seeing with a, a lot of the clients that you're working with as far as approaches to marketing and advertising right now. Yeah. So just also to to clarify, I work mostly with, with social campaigns. Um, I've done broadcast as well, which is TV. Um, social is by far the the most uh, the strongest metric in in terms of of reach uh, in terms of interaction with the audience. Uh, so it's 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 been something that's been intriguing to me, and it's also like pushing really what the the future of the industry looks like. Um, and so I, I've worked with, uh, with, uh, vitamin water. I've worked with Coca-Cola. I've worked with, uh, uh, with SeaWorld. I've worked with, um, uh, smart water. I, yeah. So, so, and Spotify. So, uh, and all of these brands have very different approaches to marketing and generally the, the edgier brands have, uh, an approach that's, uh, that's much more where they're trying to communicate like to with a more personal message to, to the audience. Whereas, so it's like, if you think of it in, in terms of funnels, in terms of high and low funnels, uh, which is basically trying to either attract completely new customers who've never heard of the brand or try to, which, which is, uh, which is high funnel in this regard or low funnel, which is, uh, customers who all know the brand have all have all heard of it. Um, the a few of those brands like SeaWorld, for example, they just they're really trying to reel in customers by by highlighting crazy deals. Uh, and it's it's not as much about like building a brand, uh, but it's more about like how can we promote these deals in a visually compelling way and with a campaign. And um, while on the other hand, like vitamin water which is uh completely they're crazy like it's so fun to work with them because it's 
they're like, yeah, we want to bring in some influencer who's going to have six different personalities and we're going to attach each of his personalities to, to one of our flavors. And they're doing like really, really social pushing work. That's, uh, and it, it's literally just, they're selling waters, right? Like flavored waters. So it's a lot more about building the value of a brand rather than pushing out deals. Um, so those are kind of the two ter like in terms of like funnels, uh, that I, and, and territories that I've been working with. And I, I find the most interesting, uh, thing to work with is for sure brands that are trying to, to establish a brand tone and try to, to invoke, uh, new, um, new like connotations to their audience and try to be relevant to contemporary culture and try to approach like new creative ways in of, of uh, engaging with their audience. So, uh, so that's kind of like what, what I've, and, and AT&T for sure is, is also, and it, it's kind of like the bigger the companies get, the more layers and touch points are, are involved. So it becomes harder to push the brand into a direction where you create very, very personal uh, campaigns. Uh, but AT&T is, is a kind of funny structure where, uh, where there's a lot of, uh, where we have a very, very close working relationship with the, the person who's responsible for all AT&T's work, everything from, from broadcast TV to, uh, to any kind of social. Uh, so working closely with him and not having as many layers of communication allows us to, uh, to kind of push the brand in, in some regards with, with really fun campaigns. And the truth is like the deal campaigns also, uh, also generate money for the company. So they also want some of those. Um, but, uh, and yeah, right now I'm working on, on any, we just worked on the March Madness campaign for, uh, for AT&T. Uh, we, uh, where we were in LA shooting for 10 days and did three spots, uh, for AT&T. So it's, it's, uh, uh, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's right now we're, we're kind of dabbling in everything and we're working very, very closely with the AT&T team to make sure that we're, we're creating, we're tapping into both areas of deals and, and trying to build a better brand relationship with our customers. Right. That's, it's interesting. And I want to kind of touch on a couple points that you made, but as you're going through a lot of this work and, uh, you know, either working with, uh, you know, brands to, uh, kind of like you were saying to, to build that brand awareness or, you know, to create those other, those additional opportunities, what makes a good, uh, advertising or a good campaign or, uh, kind of like you were saying, you know, a more personalized approach, like what does good look like as you're doing some of this advertising and marketing? Yeah, I think, I think overall, like good advertising, good campaigns like can be broken into four different factors. And it's number one is being like clear, clear communication. It's literally the most important thing of them all, almost to, to try to be break your idea down to be as simple as possible. So it resonates with the audience. Everything is so short attention span these days. So just like trying to, to, to peel those layers down and make it as simple and as digestible as possible. 
especially if you're pushing it out through social because the attention span in the past like six years have gone down from like eight seconds to like one second or something um at least according to our engagement uh, on social and and also number two is making sure that it's it's relevant to the audience so the campaign or the advertising has to be relevant to the audience you're trying to get the wider the demographic you're trying to reach the harder it's going to be to establish relevance but if you're trying to communicate to a very very targeted demographic aging men in the ages of 20 to 23 who who appreciate fly fishing or something it's going to be a much much uh, narrower demographic that you really really can hit hard on uh, so trying to understand them and trying to tap into their emotions trying to um uh trying to know their habits trying to know which other brands they interact with if there's possibility for a collab or something three is is approaching it creatively and innovation uh, and it's just like can we push it through a unique medium can we do something they've never seen before can we do uh, a pop-up store in uh, in this location where the majority of these people uh, engage with on a daily basis or maybe we find a platform where where this demographic we're trying to hit is is using maybe it's be real and maybe we're doing the first brand partnership with be real in in a unique way and the fourth thing is uh it's something that i i take with me from from psychology obviously which is i think there's always going to have to be an element of emotional appeal to it and by that i mean that it's evoking some sort of feeling uh that resonates with with the audience or the individual uh trying to connect with them on an emotional level it creates a stronger bond. It makes them feel seen and heard. It gives the the advertising and the campaign a personality. It drives brand loyalty and and fosters desired actions as a as a consequence of of, uh, of of that. So yeah, those four bullets are are kind of what I look for when I'm judging work, when I'm interacting with work, and also when I'm trying to create work. To, to make sure that we're hitting those four buckets. No, that's great. And I'm interested, how you know, how do you apply that to social specifically? Or, or what are some of the differences you see between social and some of the other potential channels uh, that either make it unique or more interesting or, or different in some way? I think I think like the, the main difference uh, between social and and tv out of home anything related to that is that our devices that we call phones are so so data and algorithm driven so whenever you interact on social media your any kind of ad that you see is much much more personalized and it's 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 factored in hundreds of variables um that relate to why you why you're actually seeing what you're seeing the key difference to a, so, a, a a functional social campaign is is just like personalization and making sure that the audience can see themselves in the ad, making sure that it's relevant to them, and and all those uh, earlier four bullets are are even more important in in a in a social ad. But I think it's it's almost even more important to be uh, to emphasize them even more. Like, can we be more? Can we be 
clear? Can we make this idea? Can we remove one sentence from this idea to make it even more clear and straightforward? And seeing trends today in, in social media too, it's all about contrast and hooks and and if like the probability of them uh, the the viewer and consumer seeing the full ad if they've seen like the first two seconds is like dramatically increased. Like they're they're incredibly more likely to see the rest of the ad if they've seen the first two seconds. So yeah, it's it's that's kind of the, the key difference that we're looking for in social work. Oh, that's great. I'm interested too. How are you approaching some of the different social channels? Uh, you know, obviously we, we, there's a lot of change that's continually happening. You know, where, where are some of the most important ones and you know, what, what does the future look like in social? The, the most like there's, they're just like kind of competing with each other and YouTube shorts is crazy right now. They're blowing up uh and there's their reach is is insane youtube shorts has generated so much uh such a wide audience and such a high interaction rate that i think that's kind of where where we're pushing uh into the close future but i the, the thing about youtube shorts tiktok instagram reels and i'm sure uh to to all people listening to who are interacting with social media on a daily basis is that all these platforms have cross-platform functionality. So the 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 truth is, uh, they all like any kind of successful influencer. T- let's talk about the world's most successful uh, influencer, probably, which is apart from from just followers with with very high interactions, probably Mr. Beast, uh, who is a YouTube personality uh, who has. Up combined about a billion followers on his YouTube, and um, even even he's talking about the like the the most potent kind of form of um, approaching social media is is public like posting cross platform, keeping the message clear and short, making those uh, those reels or TikToks or or whatever you want to refer them to as. Uh, as straight to the point and with as much contrast as possible. Uh, but it's, there's, there's, uh, there's obviously key differences between the platforms, but if we're talking reach and we're talking, uh, video format, those are the ways in, uh, kind of to, to try to approach. Um, but then Instagram has, has statics to TikTok launched statics pretty recently, but yeah, the most, the most compelling kind of format is still uh, brand ambassadors talking in a video about the product, endorsing it. Uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't. I would say that there are key differences, but at the same time, everyone and every single brand now is trying to establish uh, content that approaches more of the similarities and the possibility of publishing and posting cross-platform. No, that makes a lot of sense. I'm interested in that, uh, you know, how, as you're, as you've worked with a number of brands, like how have you approached that with, with different brands? Cause I obviously, I think of, you know, some of these larger, uh, multinational and, and media companies as being maybe a little bit slower to embrace, you know, some of the new, uh, styles and new platforms and new ways of, of reaching customers. Whereas, 
other brands may be you know much more nimble and much more willing to do you know something a little bit uh, more outside of of what you would normally do. Uh, has has that been the case, or have you seen that you know most companies are open to uh, really reaching people in a way that makes sense, you know, depending on the platform and depending on the style, uh, or is there you know some work to do with uh, more legacy type companies that you know have to kind of bring them along. What what has been your experience? Oh, there's so much truth in that. It's I mean it's uh, it's incredibly hard with with conglomerates and legacy companies to pivot into TikTok and and any kind of social media, and they just. I think I think truth is in trying to empathize with them. There's so much money on the line, and if things are are moving in a, a slightly upward trajectory, they don't see it as a reason to 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 change anything. Um, so, and they don't see the potential of social media because the brands have been functioning without social media. But I think, to to be completely honest, there's um, there's a saying called the the Red Queen hypothesis, uh, which is rooted in in uh, kind of like a Darwinistic approach where it's like, if you don't change, uh, you're, you're, you're eventually gonna like be obsolete basically. Um, and it's about constant progression. Even if you're the best in your field, you have to keep pushing. And I think we're going to see a lot of the bigger brands falling off with, with the competitors becoming super relevant on social media. So for me, like when when I'm working with with these giant corporations such as SeaWorld, where there's levels and levels and levels of approval that have no idea what TikTok is, it's it's more about showing than it is about creating. So it's like, okay, we have this idea. We basically before production and before getting it greenlit on, on from there, and we basically have to do it first and argue why this is going to be super successful and we have to have so many references and we have to have so many layers of 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 background checks that align with with our idea uh, and if there's an idea that's been successful in the past that's similar to what we're going for it's going to be much easier while on the other hand um newer companies such as vitamin water it's much easier to approach them with an idea where we, where we're pushing the brand, where we're kind of like, oh, we're in uncharted territory here, uh, and this feels kind of dangerous. And could this be controversial? Could this be incredibly successful? And high risk, high reward, you know, right? So, uh, so I think um, generally those brands are are more less or more risk takers and. And reap the the rewards from from taking those risks, and it, they're kind of, they're more in tune with with the uh, the outlook on social media and how it works. So it's it's much much easier to convince them on what how we should approach this new idea. And then it's more about creating and being very very creative and trying to be unique and innovative rather than trying to focus on like, how can we make this compelling to the clients uh, instead of how can we make this compelling to the audience, which is, which is such an interesting uh, thing, but that is the reality to be honest. 
Yeah, you've touched on a really interesting point because I think it's easy to get, and I'm just thinking about uh, videos and and on TikTok specifically that uh, are very much like advertisements, and you can kind of see that, and and it kind of looks to me like it was, you know, something that a brand or a company was would be very happy with because it's very traditional, as opposed to some of the much more successful. Uh, campaigns or or marketing, which are not about not necessarily about the the brand, but about the people they're trying to reach, and much more, you know, focusing on who are the customers, who are the users, who are the people who care about this, and you know, let's not make a commercial for us. Let's make a you know a, a campaign for for them in a way that they will engage with and, and actually enjoy. I'm interested. Have you seen? any that stand out in your mind as like, this was a a really, really good approach that this company or or the organization or brand took as far as recent uh, marketing or campaigns go. Innovative or, or just like, or on social or just like in general campaigns, particularly on social, but yeah, anything innovative or like this was a really good way of doing it. That kind of stands out in your mind. Mm. I just think that it's it's like the, the 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 landscape that we live in the contrasty and weird things when and I'm not sure if you've seen it but like one of the most viewed TikToks in the world in like 2021 was a guy riding with an ocean splash uh cranberry juice on a skateboard which generated that company revenue beyond anyone's wildest dreams and they had no understanding of it and we have the taco bell or not sorry not the taco bell but the the chipotle burrito where someone is wrapped up in a burrito and it became a trend and then everyone started doing it so i'm always super excited on or very very intrigued on how uh those kind of like brand launches start and how they take shape and then how they become uh uh, a social phenomenon where it's just like uh, shared and taken on challenges. And I think one thing that I'm looking at a lot uh, for inspiration is art artists and, and labels that are pushing out music because they're really damn good at, at making uh, shareable content that will be uh, used uh, and where people can actually take part in the movement. Uh, with, um, but I think uh, successful that I think have been really really cool is uh, yeah I I will have to get back to them, but I I think I think the 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 truth is like the 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 brands that have created the most compelling I mean I guess we did a pretty successful launch of the vitamin water nourish ever you where we created. Uh, different filters and and a challenge where people through Lil Nas X, which we launched through him, where people could could show how they became different personalities with a filter and how do you embody a different personality? Uh, is it the way you walk? Is it the way you talk? Is it the way you um, you dress? And and also tying that up to the brand because all of our different flavors had different personalities. So you can choose which flavor you think is your favorite and which one you think resonates with you. And so, um, uh, not to, not to just reference my own work, but I I think it's, I think it's, um, there's a ton out there and, and literally 
a lot of the 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 content that we engage with is rooted in in brands creating challenges and artists creating challenges with labels. Olivia Rodrigo released a new single a couple of days back and it's gone super viral with her her creating an idea that's really simple, a song, a transition, uh, use it like use the song, use the transition, make it your own, make it own the brand kind of. So the brand is, is in the, in the, uh, almost in, in the hands of the, uh, of the uh, customers and everyone feels resonated to the brand, which, which also, or everyone feels seen and heard by the brand because they feel like they're part of the campaign. And it's a win-win for, for the, the, people in, interacting with it and the people interact or the, the brand itself. Um, yeah, I hope that answered your, your question. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I can, I, yeah, uh, I, I will think uh, in the background of some, some other super successful campaigns. Yeah. You brought up some interesting ones. And I think that those again, kind of go to the point of it's not uh, necessarily about like the brand or company just simply advertising, but it's, it's about, who the the people are who are going to be watching it and you know what do they care about and how you know how will they engage with it and yeah in ways that sometimes you can't even foresee which is super interesting like you know some of just the the super viral things that have happened that uh i don't know i i don't know that we'd necessarily expect i, I think if you could expect it you'd probably nobody would do anything but make viral uh yep. content but uh, how some of those, it, it's not, you know, just the, the standard, uh, commercial type videos that, you know, we, we saw years and years ago. It, it's much more engaging now. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm interested, you, you talked about, you know, some of the interest in psychology that you had and I'm interested how, how does that play into, uh, the way that we either engage with or see, advertising and marketing and how do you think about that as you're approaching some of these uh, campaigns and different things that you're putting together uh the psychology aspect or yeah i think i think to, to answer it uh in in a, a a very very complex question in a in a short format i think it's all about empathy and and the the it's about being able to empathize with your audience and as we mentioned earlier, everything is data driven. Everything is is trying to create more personalized content that's easy for the the viewers to pick up. And you can break it down into very very specific aspects of psychology that almost taps into the strategic approach to why you're selecting certain things. But everything, like everything from the color palette to how you edit the video, the pacing, the cuts, the uh, the way that you frame is is deeply deeply rooted in psychology uh, and i think that's something that we keep in mind when it comes to the production but also like from from the start even to make sure that there is um is something that resonates with with the uh, the viewer of this and if i'm trying to hit a demographic that's within my age I always try to question myself, like, would I actually care about this? Would I actually share this? And in some regards, it's about making, uh, like you, you win some, you lose some in some, in some scenarios, it's about satisfying the client and making sure that they're happy. 
And in other regards, it's you have you have a lot to push for, and you see the potential an idea. And um, psychology kind of creates a stronger fundament, is what I would say as well. Where it's uh, where you build it from a simple foundation, and you start adding things that are relevant to the to the to the demographic you're trying to reach. And also, like there's uh, not like a lot of my work is for sure conceptual and creating new ideas, visually establishing them, making sure that they are 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 up to to my uh, to my expectations. But it's also in research, and it's like we're like if if I'm trying to to compete in a field where uh, where literally even being under like being in the, at the age of 28 where i sometimes feel like i'm obsolete in terms of of how social media is changing so fast so fast and i'm interacting with all these products on a daily basis it just moves very fast so research is of the essence making sure uh you're trying to understand uh these platforms trying to understand uh the psychology behind these platforms and and reading learning uh, constantly evolving um and that's kind of where the psychology comes in to be honest um to try to empathize yeah i think that's an amazing amazingly good point uh for you know not just for this but for so many things and i I think you've hit on a number of uh, just such critical things I, i think that's great now as you look at at your career uh you know, what, I guess two things, uh, is there anything that, you know, as you got into this, you look back and wish you knew earlier in your career and, you know, what advice would you give to anybody who is looking to maybe start down this road and, and start into or level up in a career like this? I think, I think something that I was kind of stressing about was, uh, I was so hungry to learn and so hungry to be part of everything. Uh, but I think it's important to, to really trust the process and the work that you put into something you're going to get rewarded with eventually, and really, really relying on that, trusting the, the delayed gratification where it's like you put in the work, you're not going to get the results immediately, but you're not going to get promoted on day two. Like that's, that's the reality. And I think that's something that I, I, I was uh, a little bit too stressed about i think just like yeah embracing uh, continuous learning i think for me also really practicing uh, effective and clear communication because n- nine times out of ten the ideas live because you're conveying them clearly and efficiently to the client and i've seen i've seen creative directors that sell fish to water you know, like it's, or water to fish. It's just like amazing how, how verbal they are and how good they are with, with their communication. And for me, that was me being hungry in meetings where I was like, Hey, can I get one word in on this presentation? Can I just set up this idea to just practice, practice, practice uh, on, on my verbal skills. And then after the meeting, 
can you give me feedback on what I did wrong and what I did right? Should I have lingered a little bit longer on this? Should I have more of a an, uh, a pause for an effect uh, in uh, between these two? And 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 I think I think that first of all shows that you're hungry, and also it shows that you're uh, really trying to learn. And it also makes you uh, much better at at presenting, which is such a huge part of my day. And especially me being a Swedish, uh, having Swedish as my maternal language, it's uh, it's so important to entertain because the uh, the longer that you, the longer time between presentations, the more insecure you get, and the the more you get caught up in your words, and 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 the less clear and effective you kind of are. Yeah. Um I, I I think that makes perfect sense. I love a couple of the points that you made. I think that's great. Um well, Felix, this has been a really really great conversation. I feel like we could keep it going for for a while longer based on a number of the things that we've talked about. Is there a, as we kind of wrap this up, I have a couple last questions for you, but yeah. where could people find out more about you, about the work you're doing, um about anything like that? I mean, there's a uh, uh, I'm I'm pretty engaged in in one club. Uh, do so, I've done some articles there uh, and Instagram? Feel free to follow me. Uh, but I, uh, it's it's more of a personal platform for me. But LinkedIn, happy to connect as well. And and please uh, send me an email if there's anything I can help you with. I really really try to to be as engaged in the up and coming creative community as possible. And I can share my my mail with with Kyle later, uh, and then we can you you guys can take it from there if anyone wants to reach out. Yeah, we will put all those links in the show notes uh, so you can check out some of Felix's work and reach out to him. Awesome. Well, we like to usually wrap up with a couple of just uh, more general questions around, and this can be around anything. Um, but if you've read or watched or listened to anything recently that you found particularly interesting and doesn't have to be professional related, but it can be. I always think that uh, black mirror is, is really fun because it kind of uh, questions a lot of thing, uh, uh, a lot of things in, in contemporary culture and they can be, be applied to marketing campaigns too, to be honest, like some of those ideas that come through there. Uh, so the new season, the new episodes, really, really thought provoking, really, really interesting. I really like those huge fan of Derek Jean France. Um, just wrapped up his new series a couple of months ago. I know this much is true. Amazing cinematography, amazing visual treatments. And I, in terms of books, I think, uh, the, uh, one of my favorites of all time is called the uh, This Is Not My Memoir by Andre Gregory, which is about this weird theater director who who lives in New York, who has such an innovative approach to theater, which I think I try to live by. And he doesn't take he values the things in his life uh, that that really relate to creativity, which I really, really admire. And he's not, he doesn't take himself too seriously, but he's still a professional in a lot of ways. So I can recommend that book too. And not, not a lot of people have heard about it either. So 
No, that's great. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check out that book and yeah. then those shows as well. I haven't watched uh, either of them. I haven't watched the new season of Black Mirror or or the other one, so I'll have to put that on the list. You have to. You have to watch them. They're so good. Yeah, it's always good. All right. And then lastly, are there any products uh, that you have been using and enjoying or, or not enjoying? You can give a shout out uh, either way, either digital products or physical products or anything like that. Um, let's start on a rant. Let's see where we can. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, I think uh, PowerPoint is terrible. I uh, we we've been we just converted to PowerPoint, and being an art director or any kind of designer, PowerPoint is a very very tough product to work with. And uh, so there's a lot of constructive criticism to provide the team at PowerPoint. I think uh, Spotify is continuously killing it in terms of product. I think they uh, like every everything that they launch really really resonates with their audience and it's the majority of the time it's literally back end work that people don't notice but their algorithms are killing it and their product design too is amazing so super happy with Spotify uh, and uh, always curious to hear more so if you work at Spotify hit me up and I would love to hear more about it it's so interesting Awesome. Yeah. Those those are great call outs. And and I definitely agree. Yeah. Well, Felix, this has been a great conversation. Appreciate all of your insight and everything that we've been able to talk about. And uh, yeah, really, again, really, really enjoyed, you know, talking about a number of different subjects with you. Thank you so much. And uh, this was a pleasure. So much fun. Thank you so much, Kyle. Yeah. Well, thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. Thanks again for listening. If you like the show, be sure to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow the show on TikTok at prodigy.co and on Twitter at prodigy.co. You can also follow me on both of those platforms at Kyle Larry Evans. If you want more product conversation, check out my newsletter Prodigy at prodigy.co. You can also follow me on Medium at Kyle Larry Evans or check out my Medium publication, Prodigy. Of course, you can check out all these links in the show notes.